Hey, podcast listeners, Patrick here. Just a reminder that tickets for BroadwayCon 2017, presented by Mischief Management and Playbill, are still currently available. Also, we've recently added Todrick Hall, Cheetah Rivera, Danny Burstein, Celia Keenan-Bolger, Derek Kleena, and Josh Groban to our roster of guests. I am so excited, you guys. You, of course, can see a full list of celebrity participants and find and purchase tickets at broadwaycon.com. And don't forget, we're still accepting submissions for our live recording of this podcast from the main stage. The event is called Fandemonium, and it's all about celebrating the relationships between fans and their heroes in the Broadway community. So if you have a hero in the Broadway community and you'd like to share your story about that person, make a 90-second video and post it to our Twitter, Facebook, or Tumblr page. And you might be selected to join us on the main stage as part of that show. Oh, and don't forget to use the hashtag BroadwayConPodcast. Okay, now to the show. I know a place where you belong. Come follow me and join the song. Welcome to BroadwayCon! The podcast. The show for the theater kid in all of us. I'm your host, Patrick Hines. As an audience member, I've always been fascinated by understudies. I remember being one of those people who saw Rent like a thousand times when I was a teenager. And I remember every time an understudy went on, the energy of the show was just electric. And the understudy's curtain call always made me cry because you could just tell how much the opportunity to perform that role in that show had meant to them. So now that I live here in New York City and have friends who are understudies, I have some small sense of just how hard that job is. And so I'm so excited to welcome three of my favorite people to the podcast today to talk about the crazy job that is being an understudy on Broadway. We're talking to Ben Cherry, who just made his Broadway debut in Fiddler on the Roof, Mo Brady, who made his Broadway debut in The Addams Family. Mo is also the co-host of the wonderful podcast The Ensemblist, so do check that out if you aren't already listening to it. And we're talking to one of my absolute best friends in the world, Ellen Marie Marsh, whose Broadway credits include Enron, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and Kinky Boots. And almost Crybaby. Okay, here we go. Hi guys! Hello. Welcome Hi. to Broadway on the podcast. Hey girl, hey. Morgan Brady, you're back. I'm back. I'm better than ever. You're rivaling <laughs> Leslie Margarita for co-host because <laughs> she's Leslie Margarita, and I will just say yes to anything. Also, what Le- Leslie will also say yes <laughs> to anything. That's actually true. So this That's is where we live. This is where the Venn diagrams meet. <laughs> so we are here doing our understudies uh, episode. But the thing is that I'm real. First of all, nobody can see this because it's the podcast. But Mo's on the floor, you guys. This is how dedicated he is to being here. We're in mm. a corner, and Mo is. We should. We should snap. <laughs> This or yes. Also, it's a thousand degrees in this little room. Well, yeah. well you're also hot. You're proud mess. to hyperbole. That's true. <gasps> That's not nice, Mo. You can cut true. that part out. Um, okay, so here's here's what I'm, I want to ask because I feel like I don't have a, a handle on the difference between an understudy and a swing. So, Ellen. Oh wait, let's say who's here first. Ben Cherry. Hey. Hi, Boo. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Ellen Happy Marie Marsh. Hi. My wife. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Actually. Mo Brady. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hi. So. Ellen Marsh, tell us the difference between a swing and an understudy. Is it always the same difference, or does it vary per contract, or what's the deal? It is always the same, and it is probably the question I get the most. So, basic. And You're un- calling me basic. I, I mean, read <laughs> between the lines. Boo. Um, an understudy is someone 
in the show, generally in the ensemble, who understudies a part. Let me give an example. Nick Burroughs is an angel in Kinky Boots. He also understudies Alan Mingo. He is an understudy. A swing is a, and you can't understudy more than one person. It's generally one or two. A swing is responsible for understudying the ensemble as well as principal tracks. So right now I'm a swing and I understudy all of the women including Lauren and Nicola, who are principals. So you understudy all of the women. Correct. Okay, we're going to come back to that in just a second. I want to start with Ben Cherry, because you just made your Broadway debut. I did. Long time coming. If I'm not mistaken, you were a swing. I am a vacation swing. What is that? Vacation swing is somebody who's hired just to cover people's absences. So... Normally, and this because this is my first time doing it, I'm, well, I thought that the vacation swing came in for specific weeks and was told they were going to be on for those weeks. In my case, they had me swinging like a normal swing in the theater for a month and a half. So um, I came in, did some weeks for people, but then I was also in the theater in case somebody called out. And you were not in the show on the nights that you weren't on? For... I was not. Okay. I was in the dressing room. Now... Will you tell us a little bit about your audition process? Yeah, it actually happened so fast. It's so different from auditioning for regional theaters where they call you back and back and back and make you sing your entire book. Um, I had gone in for the original cast, um, auditioned for Avram, and I didn't get it. And then I went in once for that, and it was for, for the creatives. Didn't hear back. Um, about, I don't know, I guess almost a year later, not a year, a little under a year, uh, got the call in for the vacation swing. I went in once and got the call next day. So it was very fast. It's actually harder to book a job at Paper Mill than it is on Broadway. Is that it's true? true. Yeah. That's, it, it's it, true. It, Broadway, they're like, you're great. Bye. And <laughs> I, I, I've been put through the ringer at so many. It's hilarious. It's, it's like Broadway's like the easiest job to book. It yeah. is very, very well, true. But you know what I, I don't no, know. I don't know. They just know true. what they, they want. They just run it's, you through yeah. this like ridiculous process where you're seeing everything you have. You for basically do every Shakespeare show for them in the audition room, and yeah, I want to. And you don't you, get it. So. I want to ask you about your level of terror when you got the job because oh. you had to like, un- you were you were swinging for like five of like the lead roles, right? Principals, one model, and then like uh, principals in the town. Um, I was terrified, to be honest with you. I was the only one coming in at that time. I thought, I also pictured that I would learn the show from a a stage manager. Um, That is not the case. At least it wasn't for me. I learned it in my living room watching the video over and over and over and over again. Um, And to be honest with you, that first week when I- Say that again. (sighs) Over again. No, no, I mean, mean, you, wait, how did you learn the show? I watched it. I watched a video on my computer and I learned the blocking that way. Are you kidding? I'm not. <laughs> That's it, crazy pants. What was is the, it crazy pants? See, I don't know. Uh, what was what was the theory behind that? Like, why couldn't you have a rehearsal? I had choreography rehearsals mm-hmm. with uh, the dance captain, and um, I had meetings with the associate director, and we would talk about what I missed in in uh, table work. Um, so that I was on the same page as everyone. But all of the blocking I learned just from watching, watching in the audience and watching on the video. And I did ask, I said, am I going to have a rehearsal? And they were like, no. 
But that, but it worked out. I mean, mind you, I this is my first time, so I thought that's just how it is. So when you went on the first time, how did how did you know were you scheduled to go on that first time? I was scheduled to go on the next week, but I ended up going uh, the weekend before my first week when I was scheduled to go on. What was that morning like for you? Like you woke up and you were just crying all morning, right? You know what? At that point, I wasn't terrified. It was the first and the second week where it was just me on my own. That's when I was like, I my mind cannot take this all in. I cannot learn these five tracks. And be competent and, 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 you know, deliver. But you did it. But I did. Once I got past those two weeks, things got better. They got better. It gets also, better. you're introducing yourself to a whole group of people who have worked together for seven months. They've got their family going on. You're like the new kid. It's, it's a lot to take in those first two weeks. Was Burstein, did he make himself available to oh, you? I cannot say enough about that man. Yeah. He made himself more than available. He, not to get too ridiculous about it but he is an, an angel of a human being he That's incredible he was so welcoming and on my first show my first day on uh he went out of his way to change the blocking and grab my hand and put his arms around me and hug me and say we are so happy you're here on stage on stage oh, i'm gonna sob Classy, dude. I Morgan, tell me about your experience man. you were what i know i don't even know if you were an understudy or a swing in the adams family uh i was a replacement ensemble member um in the adams family and i understudied one of the principal roles which role uh the role of lucas spinecke the boyfriend and who played that uh it was originated by wes taylor and then jesse swenson replaced so uh when i was hired i was understudying wes and then Two months later, Jesse came in and I understudied him for 10 months. And so when you are, so then this is interesting. When you come into a show and you have to learn all your ensemble stuff and you have to learn your understudy stuff, how, I mean, it was your Broadway debut as well, right? Yes. So I had six days between my first rehearsal and my first performance in the ensemble. So I had about 20 hours of rehearsal over those six days. Um, And that was just to learn my ensemble track. Um, I believe that equity requires on the production contract that every principal has two understudies. I'm looking uh, around the room. So what? so I was so when I was hired and replacing, I was not the only understudy for Lucas Beinecke. Um there was another understudy in the building. So they knew, okay, if uh if Wes goes out while Mo is learning his ensemble track, we have Colin Cunliffe, who was a swing in the show and also Understudied Lucas Bainicki. We can. He knows the show. He's been with the production since it uh, opened. We can throw him on. So incorporating me into the understudy rehearsal happened in sort of the typical fashion, which is um, rehearsals on Thursdays and Fridays in the afternoon before evening performances. So I learned my ensemble track very quickly um, in a rehearsal room. And then the understudy track I was learning during the day when I was performing my ensemble track at night. Got it. And then, so if 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 the principal calls out, how do they decide which one of you goes on? I think it's different for every show. Um, some productions will say this is first cover and this is second cover, and they'll say it. Uh, some productions will not say it, but it will be very implied. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my experience. Um, once I went on as Lucas... Um, the other understudy never went on again. Because oh. uh, he locked him in a closet. He was never <laughs> to be found again. No, no. Uh, I, I, I think it was because um, the other understudy looked older. He could play the role, but the role was as a high school senior. Mm-hmm. And just when you're looking on stage, okay, this person 
sort of looks mid-20s and this person looks late 20s, we're going to throw on the person who looks younger. And when you... Went oh, on- and then the third option would be some productions just are totally equitable about it and they say there are two understudies. We're going to put understudy one on for four performances. We're going to put understudy two on for the other four performances that Oh, week. sometimes Broadway is so nice. <laughs> um, I, the first time you went on, what, like, did you, is it the thing where you like call all your family and friends and everybody comes to see you? No, not at all. My, my debut... Um, I had perhaps 12 people in the audience. And it's so it's so weird because in the ensemble of a show, when you don't have anybody there, you can think, all right, this is a 1,500-seat house. There are probably two people watching me on stage at any one point, right? <laughs> but when you have people there, like when I was making my ensemble debut, I knew that 15 people were watching just me totally. the entire time. So that was completely Christian stressful. Christian Rodriguez phoned it in that night. Yeah. She's like, no one's looking at me. <laughs> no looking. Well, there were three of us ensemble members going in, so that could have been true. Um, but uh, when I went on for my on understudy track for the first time, I didn't tell. I, I mean, I told people, um, but I didn't want anybody there. I was so nervous. I remember standing. The entrance for the role was... Lucas and his two parents, who when I the first time I went on was with Heidi Blickenstaff and Adam Gruper from Fiddler on the Roof. I'm standing in front of them behind this wall, and the walls are going to part, and I'm going to walk downstage and say a line on a Broadway stage. And I was like, I can't do this. I literally can't do this. I was so frightened. It was it was like three lines. Like it's not a big deal. Like like of the, like it's a very small role. <laughs> it's smaller than what I would do in the show normally. But I just the fear was, uh, um, I, it was petrifying. So what happens the second it's over? Are you then just like? stoned out of your well, mind on adrenaline. That, that entrance, that role was sort of like on stage for 60 seconds, off stage for 10 minutes. On stage for 60 seconds, off stage for 10 minutes. So I knew all I had to do was get through these three lines and then I was going to leave the stage. Um, and so it, it was easier than, you know, maybe going on in a chorus line when you walk um, on stage and you don't leave the stage yeah. for an hour. Um, Marsh, mm-hmm. Ellen Marie Marsh. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk to you because, you know, you're my one of my best friends in the whole world. I've I've gotten to watch this like the trajectory. Like there are have been times in your life that I think that your career is more important to me than it is to you. Agreed. And that like getting a job <laughs> is more important to me than it is to you. Yes. So let's talk. Can we just go do a rundown like the the rundown of your career? Oh God, it's so sad. Start at the top. Like for your Broadway bro- career. Broadway. Yeah. Okay. So um, you know, so many close calls. So many close calls ending in tears. Um. 2008, I booked Crybaby as Hatchet Face, replacement, principal contract. It does this amazing number on the Tonys where they have the license plates on their feet. And it just, it was not, it was a sleeper kind of year, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like the best Tony number. I was like, I'm joining that company. I can't wait. Um, cut to getting a phone call on next day. For because I was supposed to start on the following Tuesday, and act and I got a call. I was on a cruise ship at the time, vacationing. Oh, no vacationing vacation. before you know I was going to start on Broadway, um, and uh, they posted closing. Horrible! I think I cried for an hour. I mean, it was it was the worst. Um, so I did not go to Broadway then. <laughs> um, I then said to all my friends and family, hey, guess what? 
I'm done with this. Peace out. Uh, I got a Broadway show, so I technically am a Broadway actor. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to go have a baby, which I did. And I was like, I don't care. You you suckers can do this <laughs> thing. Bye. Um, and then uh, my friend um, Abby, who works at Telsey, she's a dear friend of mine, and I was like four months postpartum with Lola and she said listen I know you've thrown in the towel I know that this is going to fall on deaf ears but there is some really really great stuff for you in this new play Enron which is going which was huge in the West End it's going to sweep the Tonys you know all of these (laughs) I know only those who know the tragic ending and I said you know Abby I don't know and she was just she's if you know her she's like the loveliest woman and I said okay I'll come in and I came in with an I don't give a shit can I say shit oh yeah I don't give shit about shit (laughs) bring it I don't care my boobs were like National Geographic they were like out to the moon I did not even care and I the material was phenomenal and it was a phenomenal show and um we closed with my opening flowers still in my dressing room. So you you go were cast as an understudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I was cast to understudy some of the most amazing actresses ever. It was a fun Did anyone see it? I didn't. No. Of course was, I didn't. Thank you, Mike know. Jensen. It oh, was so Wait, so Were you in the good. performing company every night? No, no, no. I was, no. I was, because uh, it was a play. I was not a swing. I was an offstage understudy because, like, that's the way it works with plays. Um, so six days later, um, they they had cast Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and they called me and they said, "Hey, they need a swing in Priscilla." I was like, "Okay, yeah, totally, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna book a Broadway show after my other Broadway show closed six days later." Um, and I went in, and um. I booked it that day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, hey, for, universe. For, yeah, but it was so funny because everyone in Telsey's office was like, we're so sorry. <laughs> because I had come on the back of Crybaby, on the back of Enron, and they, everyone just looked at me like, hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> and so then Bernie took me in the back room. He's like, hey, Ellen, can I just talk to you for a second? And he pulled me into the door and told me I booked it. And I was like jumping up and down. And everyone was like, well, that show's going to close. Because <laughs> <laughs> Ellen's in it. <laughs> Mayday. Um, and I swung that. That show was about two years from start to finish. And um, I was doing the workshops of Kinky Boots while I was in Priscilla. And then I was um, on stage, Gemma Louise, for a year and a half. And then um, I begged them to make me a swing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. I wanted to talk about Priscilla because you got to go on. You got to go on in all those, like, you know, for people who don't know the show, it's like the three singing divas. And then there's other principal. Three character women. So six women, yeah. Yeah. And like, but you got to go in on, uh, you got to go in for all of those roles. I played some. Some of those roles more than the women who played their roles. Yes, that's true. That's true. And that's uh, true. <laughs> I have two questions here. One might be controversial, but the first one is like, how how did you handle the pressure? Because like Ben in in um, Fiddler, there were like the divas all have like opposite choreography and opposite harmonies and all of that. How did you do that? How did you know how to do that? Until it was in my body. Um, and we did have first and second covers. It was me and Esther Stillwell, and they and we did have 
Ellen, your Diva One cover, Marion and Cynthia, you know, so we definitely knew. So if Stacy was out, Esther was going on, I got the night off. If Ashley was out, I was for sure on. So that was actually really good. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped stage management too. And it, it, everything was like so equal mm -hmm. that it didn't really matter. You know, like that was fine. That was actually really, really helpful for us. Um, in you're totally right. Everything was opposite. And I... Rem I would say like there was a part where we all wove we crossed and like Jay and Lane was furthest downstage then Jessica then Stacy then Jackie and I would go and I would be singing and I would be smiling and I would say okay go upstage of Jackie go downstage of Stacy and smile <laughs> and then your right arm goes up and I would talk myself through things wow. and are you on eight yes I'm on eight okay <laughs> and then which way do I turn I turn right let's turn right and I would I'd have to coach myself through number by number here's a question that's kind of controversial and i want to ask each of you and we can speak completely in general terms i'm curious to know how you feel you've been treated as an understudy or in general how understudies are treated are because to me i think it's the hardest job and so i would imagine that you guys are treated really well i feel like that's not always the case so mo you go first how 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 do you think in general understudies are, are treated well, you're already part of this top 1% of your industry, right? You, you're you already on Broadway. So from an outside perspective, uh, I I think that you're, you're doing really well, right? You're making production contract minimum at least. You, you, I mean, the, th the thing about going on as an understudy is you also get a pay bump. Uh -huh. So I wanted to go on as an under, as the Lucas Beinecke understudy, not only to like show my chops and be like a good member of the team, but I wanted 300 extra dollars that day. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, I mean like that money helped me pay for my wedding. Mm -hmm. So I, it, you, you, yes, you want to go on. Yeah. Um, are you treated with respect? Um, yes and no. Uh, we had a really great stage management team. Um, at the Adams family that I felt really supported by. Um, we did have staging rehearsals, so I felt like I knew what I was supposed to do. Um, <laughs> our associate director was phenomenal and did something I think was really beautiful, which was allowed, told me the box that I needed to fit my performance in to make the rest of the show happen, but would coach me into how I could provide my own interpretation within that box. So he would sometimes say, that choice isn't gonna work because the actor you're playing off of is expecting this kind of setup for their laugh. However, the way that you're doing this section kind of differently, cool, let's try it, let's see how it goes. That's Which, amazing, that's yeah, great. Yeah, his name is Steve Bebout, he's a fantastic associate director. Awesome. He's on uh, his something wrong. His wife is in Kinky yes. Boots with me. Uh, yeah, um, they're awesome yes. family. He's currently the associate on Something Rotten and Book of Mormon. Um, he's insanely wonderful. Um, but I'll say, Jerry Zachs, the director of the show, the guy who eventually got me the job, I'm pretty sure he had no idea who I was. Yeah. Like, I would pass him in the stairwells backstage, and granted, I played this ancestor, and I had a crazy wig, and I had a crazy costume, and I had crazy makeup. But, like, every time I would pass him, he looked right through me. So, AI was like, thank you for this job, and thank you for the legacy that you've done. Like, you've directed all these incredible Broadway shows. I have a ton of respect for you. But you have no idea who I am. Right. Which is sort of a weird feeling. 
Yeah. You know, and actors we're we're emotional people. We like we liked we like to delve into the the nuances of interactions and be like, Oh my god, I'm never gonna he's never gonna hire me again. Um so I would did I feel respected? I would say yes and no. Okay. Ellen Marsh. And you've been in a bunch of shows, so you you don't have to talk about anyone in particular, but Yeah, um, Kinky Boots, I'm going to put Kinky Boots aside because Kinky Boots was different. I started as an original company member and you have a whole other level of um, uh, connection with the creative team and your producers. You know, Cindy Lauper does not know the replacements. You know what I mean? She she worked so closely with us. So it was different going to to swing. So um, but, you know, it's funny. Sometimes actors don't respect swings. Well, that was that was a big thing of what I wanted to um, I wanted And, to. <laughs> of course, as a swing, I can look at another swing and, and say, like, I know how hard it is. And I know what your brain is doing. And I know if you get that call at 4 o'clock, you're going through your blocking. Um, however, somebody who does not know the show, let's say, uh, know, know all the other parts, let's say a year in, and you go downstage instead of upstage and they have to turn their brain on for a second and they were not quite in the mood to turn their brain on for a second. <laughs> yeah. That can really ruffle a feather. Do I understand it being in a in a track all the time? Not really. Because <laughs> <laughs> because I I was just having this conversation with someone the fun thing about, I was just on for Lauren for a handful of shows with Aaron um, Finley, who I'd never done it with. I'd done In it with, what role? Uh, I, he is now playing Charlie Price. Oh, got it. I had done Charlie Price a bunch with Andy Kelso, with Stark Sands, with Jake Odemark, but I'd never done it with him. How fun to talk and listen to somebody who's saying words differently. Yeah. And just like if a swing were to walk downstage instead of upstage, oh, cool, I'm going to counter this way today. I'm going to be totally honest, Broadway con listeners. Not every person is gracious and loving and wants to have fun. Some people just want to do their show, and they don't want their show altered, and they don't want their show messed with, and then they want to go to Glass House, and they want to have wine, and then they want to pass out. That's fine. That's just not the kind of onstage actor that I am. Yeah. It is not all sunshine and roses, and it does matter you guys will probably agree, the group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Kinky Boots has sort of been a really warm place from the get-go, and I think that comes from the top down. Um, some other shows that I have been in have not been so warm. <laughs> um, yeah, you 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 know, you're, we're just people. And, yeah. oh gosh, what did I do the other day? Oh, I was on for Adina, and at the top of Act Two, Adina, let's be clear on who Adina. Adina Alexander plays Marge. Oh, Adina, She's right. one of the older factory workers. Sorry, Not like Adina, Adina Menzel in some something somewhere. Correct, Adina <laughs> Alexander. Uh, she sets the shoe at the top of Act Two. At Act Two, we decided we're making boots. We hang up a, a red shoe. Adina hands the shoe to somebody. I had just played Maggie, another character, the day before. So I sat at a sewing machine at the top of Act Two. There was no one to bring that boot on. And I turned to Stephen Tooks and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, this show is in my life for four years. I just had a brain fart. Yeah. I just had a brain fart. And Tooks, Stephen Tewksbury, who's like the coolest man, was like, no big deal. We just yeah. carried it on. You know, because that's what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? You forget your keys at home. Your neighbor lets you in. That's right. what you do. So Ben Cherry. 
the Fiddler whole team, and I don't mean to, I mean, yes, I didn't get uh, staging rehearsals, but I don't mean to throw them under the bus. <laughs> um, stage management was extremely helpful if I had any questions, etc. Um, Bart has been fantastic in coming to me and talking to me and, you know, introducing himself and, and welcoming me, the whole cast. I, along the same lines, they're still, though, through all the support, I'm not going to say that I haven't gotten um, unasked for, you know, notes from <laughs> actors. Oh, really? And sure. I understand them, and I'm flexible and welcome enough to be like, I'm not perfect. I learned this in my living room. <laughs> so you got to give me a break. Yeah, totally. But it still, it, it's painful to get them in a way just mm-hmm. because your ego, you've done so much work and you are working your ass off and you think you're doing a pretty good job and you are yeah to be honest i just wanted to i wanted to end by talking about this cameron mcintosh situation so mo you take it away because i feel like you're the resident expert on this your tell, letter was so great by the way oh yeah very tell, good. Tell, it was retweeted so many times yeah. so deservingly tell oh. people what happened and what your response was um so in the west end not in the united not on broadway in the west end producer cameron mcintosh sent out a memo to the companies of his shows. Which and, are? Um, I don't remember all of them, but Les Mis, Phantom, um, I think there's a Mary Poppins tour, uh, yeah. other shows yeah. uh, as well. And he said, uh, we do not want you to use social media to tell people when you are going on in an understudy role. That is... Um, important to the finances of the show and we feel that it should come through the press department. That was that was um Mr. McIntosh's Lord McIntosh, Sir McIntosh. <laughs> that was that was Cam's um feeling. Can I ask you a quick question before you go forward? Yeah, go for it. Do shows announce like meaning can company members now expect that it will be announced through the show? And this is my thing. No. no okay. This it was our rule at Fiddler we can't announce either. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it well, social media and actors' equity is like, like it's a new world, yeah. right? Uh, and so everyone's kind of figuring it out. I right. think we can say we're on, we just can't say who we're playing. Oh, oh. And I have I have a friend who's in a company of a show who, um, on Broadway now, he was posting when he his understudy dates, and stage management asked him to take it down, but he could announce it the day before. Uh-huh. So it's all right. It's all happening kind of in these side conversations that aren't going through the union. Um, and each show is a little bit different. What's the deal at Kinky Boots? Nothing. You- I mean, we, I, I did not know this was happening. I, did, I had no idea. We we post. We're, we're not encouraged or disc. I mean, obviously, you just want to be positive. Yeah. But that's not even a rule. That's just that's life, you know. But I, I no, no rule. Tell There's, me what your, there, la- okay, what your letter so, said. So the the. the there's sort of the the point that he was making, he ca- Cameron McIntosh was making, which I disagree with, but wasn't the main point of my letter, which was uh, it, it, it has to do with the finances, right? If um, Danny Burstein is not on and Adam Gruber posts, bef- who is his understudy, one of his understudies, I'm going on for Tevya, someone may not purchase a ticket to Fiddler on the Roof because they say, well, I want to see Danny Burstein. So it could be, uh, it could hurt the bottom line of the show. My response to that is like, eh, probably not. I mean, also... It's so negligible. It's like a, the number of people who aren't going to come see Danny Burstein, like that guy's, Adam Gruber's family and friends will make up the difference. That, that's my thought, is that it's basically a wash. Yeah. My letter was saying that it's about respect for your understudies. 
by telling the by telling understudies that they can't announce when they're going on I believe that you're telling them you are not as good as as viable as a performer as the person you are understudying yeah. which I think is not true because like like Ellen you could be just as good of a Nicola or a Lauren as the actors who are playing that role at any time, but you also have other skills, right? Maybe you're a better mover. Maybe you can memorize multiple parts. Maybe there's uh, jump roping in your show that you can do. There's not. But like, <laughs> like, just because you are an understudy doesn't mean you were the second best at the role. It means that your position in the company, you were the best person for that position. I think that's such a valid point, and that was one of my takeaways from your letter as well, is that sometimes people are cast as, like people are chosen as understudies because that is the thing that they're really good at. So I feel like you should be able to share that. It's not gonna hurt the bottom line. Now, Cameron said, Mr. McIntosh said, I w- we, our press department wants to share that information. And I say, I call bullshit on that. Yeah. Because I don't think that's actually going to happen. Yeah. Ben's shaking his head. Ellen's shaking There's his no head. There's no press. No, no. The shows are not going to. Extra, gonna... extra. Kinky Boots in year four. Ellen Marsh goes on for Lauren. <laughs> like, it's, it's just not going to happen. Right? And in this world where people are getting hired because of their social media presences or being encouraged to use them to promote the show. Right. Um, to say, hey, promote the show on your own social media channel, but don't promote you in the show really on point. your social media channel, I call shenanigans. <laughs> um, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Also, then the whole, the greater issue, sorry, I have a lot of feelings. The greater <laughs> issue to me is about respect. It's so easy to change the, um, the mood backstage if you just treat all of your actors nicely, like we can't all spend, not every show is doing well financially. Not every show can spend a bunch of money on their actors. But if the producers and the creative team are nice to people, if they learn replacements names, if they show their appreciation, that makes actors feel well respected. Yeah. We just had this conversation backstage. Um, Daryl Roth is one of the lead producers of my show. She, I have asked her several times to adopt me. Um, and she is, money. that's what I say, it comes from the top down. She is the nicest. Le- she sends us gifts on our, b- little things. She sent me some, um, these amazing brownies on my birthday. Like, thank yeah. you, Daryl. You know what I mean? It takes very, very little to make people feel respected and loved. And that is the one thing I will always take away from Kinky Boots is that our producers always, always make us feel wanted and respected and loved and they, they, she stops by the theater you know every handful of months she comes to our dressing room says hi Hal Luftig is also one of our producers I just you know know Daryl a little bit better but it, it does it takes very very little to make people feel good well let's end on that positive note yeah. I love you guys thank Aww, you so thank much for coming you. and doing thank this thank you oh, yes. will we see you guys Mo I know you're going to be at Broadway Con are you guys coming to Broadway Con I will be doing a one woman show uh-huh. it's actually not sponsored by Broadway uh-huh. Con uh-huh. it's just like in the it's, it's going to be in the bathroom it's oh, all good. so anyone anyone can come who wants well now to come. I'm coming <laughs> I love you guys thank hey, you so, so much
BroadwayCon the Podcast is a partnership between BroadwayCon Media and Theatre Podcast Productions. Episodes are produced and edited by me, Patrick Hines. Just a reminder that tickets for BroadwayCon 2017 are currently on sale. You can find information and tickets at broadwaycon.com. If you just can't wait until next week to get your theater podcast fix, you can check out my other podcast. It's called Theater People. We do long-form interviews with Tony winners, Broadway legends, and today's brightest theater stars. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place else you get your podcasts. We'll be back in one week with Tony nominee Jennifer Samard and Andrew Bredis, who is also known as Annoying Actor Friend on Twitter. Until then, we ask you to remember this. If you get really pissed and we'll cut someone's slack When they call the cast album a free